Kristen Ebling's a superstar. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Kristen. Happy birthday to you. Wow. In three hours. What's I did not up, know that was going to happen, and I felt very confused. <laughs> I was like, this is just an elaborate ruse for uh, my birthday party. <laughs> uh, welcome back to another episode of Bent City. Tonight on the pod, we've got Kristen Ebling, birthday girl, Ted Schmitz, and our friend Cora. Cora, what's your last name? I don't even know your last name. I just realized. My last name is Colosuno. 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 Always wanted to know how to say it. <laughs> That's how we in America say it. <laughs> this Italian last name that I think otherwise would be pronounced like, you know, with a hand gesture. Yeah, and for a, a rare first time, we're uh, recording not on a video conference and all in the same room right now, which is IRL. pretty fun. Yeah. So what's been going on? Kristen? <laughs> Just here in Tempe. Loving it. Um... Hanging out for my birthday. Played a little pickleball. Is it pick up ball or pickle like you eat? It is pickle. Like on a sandwich. Yeah. Like, okay. I kept thinking you guys were trying to tell me to play pick up ball, like basketball. Yeah, no. Which is irrelevant. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, I tried cupping for the first time, which was really nice. We got cupped. Yeah. yeah. Walk us through that. Um... <laughs> Basically. The Olympic training practice? Yeah. Um, I saw it on Letitia's push part that she had a while ago, and I was like, damn, I want to be on that epic pro skater level, <laughs> getting some traditional Chinese medicine. Um, so when offered by Ryan's girlfriend, I was like, hell yeah, let's do it. Um, which, okay, so basically they're like these glass cups, um, kind of small, like half the size of a mason jar probably, roughly. Um, and then it looks like there's alcohol put in there and then like a flame and then they just put it on your back or your leg or whatever and it just sucks up your skin, which looks really gross and disturbing. <laughs> it looks like your skin you goes like a, in the skin, like actually yeah, it looks like a tomato. from your back. Uh -huh. Yeah. Wait, if there's, I didn't ask this question, but if there's fire involved, does it mean this is maybe a problem for people who have, who have hair on their back, but it's like, I have hair on my back. Would it just like burn and like fucking reek like hair if you did that i don't know no, the fire only goes in the cup and then it's like it's literally for like half like like you know even a half a second yeah, yeah. okay it just know, creates like it, a vacuum yeah okay of the air i just imagine just like a smoky hazy room of like smelling of burnt hair with like skin just sucked <laughs> yeah, up my into a <laughs> <laughs> the yeah, and it leaves like a dark like cherry colored hickey uh, yeah. massive hickey on your back basically yeah. Ryan's girlfriend looks like she kicked my ass <laughs> people pay good group on money for those yeah so that was really cool Cora had like three and like didn't flinch meanwhile I was in quite a bit of pain and then when Ryan oh, I handled it, it like a man <laughs> 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 
<laughs> no, I, la- I lasted like a, just a few minutes and I couldn't handle it. Is it the too pain. squiggly feeling or does it hurt? No, it hurt. It feels like your skin's like being pulled up. Which like is imagine like your skin being pulled up like a one of those drawings of a black hole in like an old physics textbook. That's what it looks like. Yeah. That doesn't feel good? No. no it, feel good? <laughs> it feels it really great. Painful. It does. Yeah. It's really it feels painful. amazing. But I got it on Everybody my... should try it calf because my calf was bugging me really badly like i just like old people injury just like i didn't fall on it i didn't pull it 31 now yeah now that i'm 31 (laughs) this is just happening more and more it's just like overuse like it kind of hurt a couple days ago and i was like oh whatever i've just been like you know skating a lot like it's just a little bit sore and then like i was sick for two days and then woke up one morning and tried to walk and i was like oh my god it actually feels like there's like a knife in my calf so it actually (laughs) feels a lot better today so Cupping's pretty tight. Was that the 50 front shove? That, that <laughs> <laughs> No, it re-aggravated it on a 50 front shove. But I swear that was the universe of being like, you need to retire that trick. <laughs> Stop it. 50-50 front shove? Yeah. Like, okay. It's a classic. I, I grew up thinking like, when you skated, you like front 50 ledge, you back 50 the ledge, you... Back 50 back ledge. shove the ledge. <laughs> yeah, you have to go through these weird linear benchmarks or something to properly yeah. warm up which like is 100% not true and I actually <laughs> skate a lot better when I'm just like well I really want to smith 180 the ledge I'm just gonna start trying that yeah so I've been trying to break out of that but I stupidly was like oh I'll just do a 50 pound job real fun and then I like landed and my calf was like flexed and it just like shocked my calf so that's what's new with my calf uh <laughs> 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 you guys are wondering that's funny that reminded me the first trick that i ever filmed on video was with my brother at uh mesa skate park probably when i was like 11 years old in a pair of america templetons uh it was a backside grind backside flip out which like i don't even think i've ever seen one of those in a video ever no no that's what that's how it starts 50 50 50-50 50-50 back 180 50-50 back flip. Yeah. Wait were they the Templetons that were like Black with like the pink trim or the light blue trim Yeah but I had the white and gum ones Got it I really wanted those when I was a kid Saw those in CCS White and gum looked good I didn't have those I had bright green costume ones You had costume ones too? Was that your first shoe? No I, my oh. first shoe were uh, Osiris Ruckuses The, the Christoph Stout <laughs> model <laughs> Ruckus <laughs> <laughs> Then I had uh, like two pairs of ODSs. Uh, that's old, dirty Smolik. And yeah. uh, <laughs> then I skated rallies for like ten years. And then oh. I skated rallies. like I was a rally person. Yeah, I never, I had, the I never had rallies. I had the Mark Johnson uh, with the M on the side. Those oh, yeah. were the, sick. Yeah, I also wanted the, those. the white and olive ones. Were really great. What about you, Cora? I was um, an Etnies. I just like whatever they had that was Calicut. kind of fat for, in like <laughs> the, fifth grade, and then fallen. I was a fallen kid. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I had until, like two years. You're in a little Vegas. younger than us, maybe, because fallen was, I feel like, not around when I started skating for sure. No, no last not. two years of high school, I, I wore fallens because the shop in Vegas and have vans. They, so I was uh, skating the the Jamie Thomas Chief. I was, uh, <laughs> was big into the Chiefs. Oh <laughs> I I wore fallens probably like. I don't know, 15, 14, 15. Yeah. Cause I could buy them at the, the discount shoe spot. Like, like the yeah. Ross or like, the... no, like warehouse shoe sale. Oh yeah. Yeah. That place was sick. We were just talking about this the other day. There were a lot of shoes that you could get at Ross. Like, uh, I remember Castells and actions. Um, you could get those like liquidation from Ross. And then later it was like DVS and what was Ronnie Krieger's dog shit brand after S. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't think he owned it. Was it, it. genetic? Huh? Was it genetic? 
No, it was. I mean, maybe he was on genetics with Bucky Lassick or something. But there's this. No, there's this other brand. I can't remember it. They just. I always saw them at Ross. I don't know. I can't yeah, remember the name of that. That's a pretty good business model. Just straight to Ross. <laughs> yeah. Um, you just make like a. I don't know, 10,000 pairs and sell them at five bucks a pop to Ross. That's what, I mean, Aeroc was just like a, like at the time Christian Svitek wrote for it, it was just like a, whatever, straight to Marshalls and Ross brand. And mm-hmm. I think they paid for his house. So, And I was always jealous of my friends with Airwalks. I had a lot of pairs of the uh, the Costin 3s. I had, a, I had a few of those. Those ones that look like a basketball shoe? Yeah, yeah. they were Jordan ripoffs. And there's a lot of footage of me from when I'm younger <laughs> skating in those. The so gray, I had the gray and yellow ones and the red and white ones. I was definitely a Costin 1. Costin 1s and then I started skating. You were definitely a Costin 1. <laughs> like how you're a real one? All right, I'm over it. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and then I skated rallies over and over and over again because I could get those at a discount shoe store. I don't remember where, maybe Ross or something. Oh, really? Yeah, I, I got think it was Ross, actually. I got them because they were vegan. I was very was aware, very young. young. No, I wasn't. Oh. Kristen, I saw that you took uh, you took a bunch of kids to the state capitol in Washington, right? Yeah. Um, one of our board members is a labor organizer for SEIU and former Planned Parenthood um, staff person and like is all involved in politics and stuff. Um, shout out Ashley Nicole. She uh, was like, hey, like we should bring a bunch of the teens down to the state capitol to lobby for skateboarding and try to get money in the budget for Skate Like a Girls programming and just to start a relationship with representatives. And I was like, yeah, sure, let's totally do that. And then we kind of just made it happen on President's Day, which was really cool. Um, so yeah, we took, I think, probably 10 or 11 young people down and had meetings scheduled all day with different senators and representatives. Um, and we actually met the governor and like gave him a skate like girl hat and he took a photo with like <laughs> some of our teens, which was really funny. Um, yeah, we met with some people that had like just staffers and then other actual like electeds, which was cool. So we got a little mix and it was cool to any, ha- any skaters. Um, no, but a couple of people that want to skate and our one first, uh, one person, uh, Joe Wynn, his daughter, um, is, has come and skated with skated with us at a previous program and um he wants to like get her more into skating and stuff so yeah he's really supportive but nobody that skates yet exactly but uh everyone was really receptive and it was just cool to hear like our young people talk about the different issues that they have like a lot of our parks in Seattle we have a lot of skate parks but the rain factor like getting a park that's public um, that has a roof over it. So kids, regardless of your income, can go and skate somewhere that's like safe and safe from weather and, you know, lit up and like a facility they can kind of keep skating what, all what year. What is the deal with that? If if anyone out there is listening, I, I feel the same way about our parks where just a roof over the park would make such a difference. And I don't know if it's just a fortune or... Yeah. It seems like just, you know, like an exaggerated Ramada would be fine for for most parks. Or even like those sails that they use, you know, you see those sometimes in patios. Yeah, I'm sure there's all sorts of like permitting required for like overhanging things like to, you know, get that shit. And then it's like, it's an ongoing maintenance. And then then they saw the clip of the guy in Vegas going off of the the (laughs) the ramp. I think it's kind of just that like they've done it. Like they have roofed skate parks in Lincoln City, Oregon. They have roofed skate parks in, you know, greater Vancouver. Yeah. Um, I think it's more just like the advocacy level because I think we've went through, we've gone through some phases of skate parks where kids are like, we just want to park. We just want to park just something, you know, and now skate parks are getting better and skate parks are like in a lot of cities all over. 
Um, and now a lot more people want to skateboard. So now they're advocating sort of for the next level. So I think that's going to be something that I hope as a community we can kind of get on board with is not just continuing to build skate parks everywhere, but improving the facilities that we have. Sure. Um, and building smaller uh localized parks i feel like that's something that i always encourage the people that we work with at our school districts is like hey it's a huge impact to build a small park that a kid doesn't have to drive to even if it's just like a couple ramps and a flat bar most definitely yeah and then also just like there's a lot of parks in seattle where like there's not adequate bathrooms or there's not a bathroom at all there's no water fountain there's you know if you compare it to other parks that they build primarily for children they don't make those same mistakes so i think a lot of stereotypes about skaters being like adults that are like just there like drinking a malt liquor and smoking cigarettes and listening to lincoln park or something like you're like no it's a 12 year old who's there drinking malt liquor (laughs) yeah there's been some (laughs) (laughs) it's just got my para ruckus on (laughs) yeah but like the name uh, of my lincoln park cover band is lincoln city It's a skate. It's a skate rock cover band. <laughs> Thrasher, if you're listening, you need some music. Um, Just yeah. to give you the rights. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think there's a lot of myths about like who skateboards, and if you look at a lot of statistics, actually, the skating the average age is far younger than um, we think. Your average skater is like maybe in middle school, actually, or something like that. But I have to. I can't remember the exact stat, but I remember being like, "Whoa, that's like way younger than I thought." Because I thought it would be like 18. Uh-huh. But it was actually like a middle school or younger. Um, and I think that's interesting because when we build facilities for children, like we don't, you know, we make sure that they're really adequate. Yeah. So it was cool. We got to advocate for that. Um, and it was really funny. We were skating outside and we we're skating this little three stair spot we found. And this like cop came and was like giving us a super hard time. He had like an entire American flag tattooed on his arm. <laughs> and he was just like, you guys shouldn't be skating here, like just like yelling at us. And one of the kids whipped out his cell phone to film and the cop was like, you think that intimidates me? And the kid's like, no, I just like don't trust that like nothing's going to happen, you know? (laughs) And anyways, it was really sick though. The kids really stood their ground and they're like, we think it's unfair that we can't skate here. Like we're not hurting anything, you know? And the cops was like, the cop was like, do you think I'm being a dick? And then one of the kids was like, do you want my honest opinion? I think you're being a dick. <laughs> so it was pretty amazing. And later I like asked one of the kids, I was like, how did you know to like, you know, film the police? Like, I know that state laws vary, so don't quote me on this. But in the state of Washington, you're definitely allowed to film police. Um, and he's like, oh, you actually told me that like a year ago. And I was like, I don't even remember doing that, but hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, that was my day in Olympia. And, yeah, hopefully we get more money for Skate Like a Girl programming and also for facilities and that our electeds understand that skate park facilities are super important to young people. I mean, they're important to the middle-aged as well. (laughs) (laughs) But we matter significantly less. Yeah, Yeah. that's right. Cora, um, tell me about Career Skate LA. You've been doing that, right? Uh, I've been doing a little bit with that, yeah. What does that look like? It's very casual. It's um, meetups when we feel like making them, I guess, like when the mood strikes and uh, you kind of just like throw a flyer up on Instagram and then like go to a spot with a bunch of people. And uh, if it's far enough in advance and I like talk to like Jeff or somebody about it, um, he'll like send some product Jeff down from Unity. and like we'll raffle it off or something or we'll just meet up. I haven't done one in a, in a second. We have... One coming up on the 14th, run by our friend Javon um, in Long Beach. It's going to be sick. (laughs) 
Siri's going off right now. <laughs> Siri, wants <to> know. <laughs> Siri wants to write down yeah, yeah. March 14th, Long Beach. Um, come out <laughs> and hang out with us. I think we're meeting at Bluff Park, or whatever, next to Cherry. Um, and then we also kind of just like hang out at Brianna's meetups and we're all friends with Brianna. Brianna's in Queerskate LA, so which is pretty much just like a, King, a chat right? on Instagram, like 32 people in it. Yeah, and she's doing a meetup you March first. Instagram, like through the the group chat mm-hmm. feature. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. It's so hard to get four people in this room. <laughs> <laughs> our, group, our group chat's pretty sick. Uh, um, uh, another member, uh, Sky, made one like made the original one like la- early last year, and we had like. 60 people in it initially when you could when they didn't have the limit or something and then like they imposed the limit and we had to like slowly get rid of people i think i think people <laughs> just like stopped shut you down yeah. yeah i don't remember how it happened but then we made another one whatever yeah all you people not active in the group chat watch out yeah <laughs> it's like pretty there's like you know it's like 32 people it's probably like 20 some 20 a little bit 20 or around there like actually respond a lot um, you know, and, and like people change, like, you know, somebody just doesn't respond for a couple months. You add somebody you've been skating with and, um, yeah, we mostly hang out at El Sereno skate park and that's yeah. the park with the yellow coping. Yeah. They're the first LA yellow curb, yellow curbing, yellow coping park <laughs> from like last year. Now there's so many more, and what, there's so many more parks. cookie cutter parks that I, you know, I'm not particularly close to city council movements, but um, I don't remember anything about parks being built ever coming up. And it would be, you know, you know, I'm not that involved, but I just I just kind of wish that I had known something so I could be like, damn, like these <laughs> I'm stoked on new parks, but like they're all kind of the same. It's definitely the same like companies doing them all so it seems like some deal got struck and it seems like everybody just wants to you know an olympic medal to come from their city that's a, a whole, whole other of, tangent a lot of a-frames out there so many a a-frames A-frame so many oh, poorly hey. made a-frames by like contractors who you know how like the top of a like a bank or a bump or something like if it's just rounded off just just right like it just sucks and you can't yeah, like yeah, right you can't top, like yeah. pop your nose over it or whatever and uh-huh. like yeah. yeah. So much of that shit is like just ugh, it's just so disappointing. Like we could have like a couple cool parks that have like like Mitchell here that I skated for the first time the other day yeah. where it's like three features and like a tiny slab of concrete, but it's really fun. Yeah, I could be totally but, wrong on this, but it strikes me that they a bunch of skaters like graduated into skate park design and, and that was a a huge uh, improvement from what we had in the past which was non-skaters building parks but now you've got like primarily transition skaters who are envisioning what street skaters want to skate and also watching the contests and looking to, to model the parks after the contests and then if you talk to a lot of skaters they're like I just want a good box and maybe a manual pad and a little quarter pipe and a really good flat bar yeah and, like, really good flat bars are super hard to come by at a lot of parks yeah skate I've- parks are the 99% yeah and i think it's it's like a lot of what doesn't happen when Kristen or somebody of your involvement is involved where like the you know 
the people in the neighborhood or the city council, which in LA has too much power, just like see a park with a bunch of ramps and they're like, that looks great. Uh-huh. You know, and if you gave them something that looked like Cherry Park or something. It doesn't look like rocket power. Yeah, that doesn't look like the Olympics, <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, also not to like, I don't, again, there's like so many factors, right? It's not any one person's fault or anything, but it definitely feels like there was an incentive for skate park companies to build these big epic parks to have a higher price tag um, and to create such a specialty design that Joe Schmo concrete company that normally makes basketball courts and sidewalks couldn't build a skate park because there's an argument that you know you need professional builders to be able to build transition correctly um but that i think got a little too big right like they're like i've been to skate parks that have like huge like full pipes and i'm like why did we do this there's not even a ledge that i can like 50 yeah but, 50, yeah, but like, have you ever stood at the top of a full <laughs> pipe and looked down to the ground <laughs> alex white rolled off one uh, uh facts um but yeah i i think we're seeing that skate park design and all these skaters had all these grandiose ideas of what a skate park is. This is awesome. And I think like all of us as skaters have realized like, mm, that kind of sucks. We just kind of want a flat bar ledge, manual pad and a box, especially street skaters. Or, or yeah. just like yeah. quarter just 60 foot something. wide, seven foot ramp. That's got like 14 foot transitions on it. And just like eight feet of pool coping <laughs> all the way at one end on both sides. No, <laughs> just add fire. That'd be cool. uh, I think burning coping all the time. <laughs> it, it doesn't even need to be a burn it down mentality because sometimes I mean I skate Tempe Park a lot and it's a very much like a turbocharged park where you got to skate twenty miles an hour at everything. I think and that was SDG's last park before yeah. they were California skate parks. And and those parks yeah. are fun, but they like fun. but like build other parks yeah, you know, yeah. Like there's, a, there's a whole yeah. different type of model out there that's like not explored and also like where you can really stretch a budget and exactly. put more thought into it because like the original la plaza parks were pretty sick like stoner and noho those are like strangely yeah, laid out like some features you don't find everywhere uh-huh. and like the also el sereno no chevy chase pipe. stuff is like what the noping quarter pipe hip yeah that's pretty nice so sick also like the the vaseline jelly that they put on stoner <laughs> park is really nice feature the yeah. all the all the ones built by like i don't want to slam um spawn ranch or anything because i know they're mostly like i think they're a design firm and then the the, the concrete gets contracted out um because that's what they did in this new york park that was built really awfully because the city could only Bid, you know the bidding process like they had to hire the, yeah. the least general contractor I think Spawn Ranch is like a des- you know this is my theory but like they have designs and they have a method to pour concrete that they can give to most concrete pourers and they'll get it like 99% right mm-hmm. but like so like this one Lake Street like the concrete's already cracking most of the place sounds like you an know, experienced like, nozzleman <laughs> yeah and like um, the, the Chevy Chase one like so, there so many of the like bank are rounded off at the top that it's, you just can't do much mm, with yeah. it and like yeah it's just it just seems like you know they're just pumping them out for the olympics and like to raise property values because the olympics is so tied to or skate parks are now so tied to property values in the neighborhood and it's it's disappointing and yeah it's a yeah. big missed opportunity yeah i think there's yeah there's definitely places like ryan said for like the big skate parks but i think just building something accessible that centers like youth beginners because ultimately it'll be fun for everybody um like kind of utilizing a concept of universal design when it comes to like building and envisioning a park so i just think like skate parks should be reflective of like that local community and especially young people let's jump back to queer skate la what was the impetus for for that 
uh i mean it's not an organization right it's just kind of like a loose collective yeah skate gang skate gang i guess the impetus is just like wanting to have wanting to be able to skate at you know in la with like people who are like you or something you know meet all the queer skaters in la and maybe like show the cis boys who like you know just take up all of the skate space that like there's skating could be different a little bit and um i don't know yeah like uh mostly just like yeah creating a space for ourselves to enjoy ourselves and like for other queer skaters to feel comfortable heavily influenced by uh unity meetups um stuff i did with like trying to get women and trans people to skate and brianna's meetups and yeah just uh i don't know non-competitive non-normative stuff just like um like we were talking about like not really with the growth mindset or anything just kind of just like doing it yeah without like a clear framework yeah and like i guess it's also kind of an excuse in la because like um suburban sprawl just makes skating with your friends really suck sometimes yeah and so i guess when you give it a little title it helps people go mm-hmm. you know sure come and <laughs> feel like they're part of the team yeah yeah, yeah. so that's nice mm-hmm. um, showcase any- other riders and stuff have you ever gotten any weird like reactions from locals if you all show up or any like hostile no like that? no not not so far um anybody say anything funny to you <laughs> <laughs> no um we had i built this like little uh kicker that like uh, we started bringing to a bunch of our meetups and i like just painted <coughs> the words like gay ramp on it one night and we just <laughs> you know we like have it at el sereno because there's so much flat ground on the tennis courts um and like so many of the kids just like love hitting it and don't pat an eye at the the name or anything um yeah like i what about jim greco though (laughs) oh he was nice he just like (laughs) i guess it was like a little quiet and you know we weren't exactly like introducing ourselves we were just kind of giggling at the fact that we could maybe get a photo with him <laughs> i feel it's that so way funny. about jim greco <laughs> <laughs> but, he's uh, like a movie character to me like yeah. he's not a real person he looks like he's in sopranos like in that photo uh-huh. yeah looks, yeah got a vibe streets yeah um i it's it's fun and like yeah i don't know is it kind of tapped into a, a broader like global or uh u.s wide network of queer skaters definitely yeah um yeah, it's the whole like queer skate scene <laughs> or just like one little pocket of it. Um Yeah, it's it's such a nice like scene to be a part of cuz like you can just roll up to like any queer skate meetup and like instantly have like a thousand friends and nice. The Instagram part is like so nice and you just see people killing it and like progressing and you know, challenging themselves and whatever and like it's it's sick and i still love like quote-unquote core skating you know because that's what i grew up uh worshiping in a way or whatever yeah, like but um andy schrock uh <laughs> will this ipad skate like no uh, <laughs> aaron, aaron cairo that's, yeah oh yeah me too oh I, I love john hill skates the new braille park uh 30 minute compilation <laughs> honestly like i'm very you know i'm a pretty depressed person and so a lot of my time is spent watching braille videos <laughs> yeah uh 
you know i got you, hooked on the different board stuff a couple years ago and they haven't really been doing that but <laughs> Alex every really once in a while i'll just click on it on youtube and need to pass <laughs> yeah. some time then i got yeah but uh yeah it's 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 nice it's like it's a big break from um like the thrashing and the cis white men and you know the the people who are just really doing this the same thing so uh it seems like there's a really supportive network uh what would you say to skaters out there that maybe don't live in a major metropolitan city that don't have like the same kind of like access to a a community like that or maybe feel a little ostracized or isolated i'd say instagram honestly um that like uh for those who don't know you can like follow a hashtag and like queer skateboarding is a great hashtag where i've like found a bunch of people from all over the place just like you know i don't follow them i just they just pop up my feed under the hashtag and then i'm like oh shit like follow like uh-huh. that's that's really tight and like you can find people in your area i guess using it um and then maybe like unity will repost you and like you know you'll be like oh this person lives in like la or whatever and or you know um i don't know there are a bunch of like little queer skate groups all over the place baltimore um like madison too right yeah madison um just all over like there's you know and there's different projects that are kind of loosely queer related like fro skate in chicago which Mm -hmm. are sick and like um yeah just like you know most of the queer skaters that i know are pretty politically aware um and so i feel like the whole you know like skate pal and like i don't know ugandan skateboard community stuff is like fits right in and yeah we're all kind of like propping each other up against not against but you know in in the midst of this you know skateboarding world that pushed people of color and women and queer people out years ago uh-huh um we're edging our way back in in an out manner it's i think what's super fascinating i know ted barrow touched on this a little bit at pushing borders but social media is so frequently now just like a tool for isolating people and i mean that's how i feel about it and you're really you use it to do that you like to go isolate people when you get on instagram <laughs> like i want to make these motherfuckers lonely <laughs> Uh, no, but yeah, and it's like the the I think the utopian dream of social media was that like oh you'd actually like connect with people who share your interests and then meet up with them in reality and like mm-hmm. that's actually what it's being used for, which is super impressive and really disorienting for someone like me because <laughs> yeah I I having been on you know Instagram for I don't know, probably a decade now or something it's it often feels like it's done the the exact opposite of that yeah. I don't know. Instagram is like how I met all my queer skate friends. Like without Instagram, I would still have like no one to skate with. I wouldn't know that there are other queer skaters out there. I mean, I know, you know, vaguely, but like I'd know that most of the the early queer pros were women and whatever and, you know, trans people and uh, and but, you know, I wouldn't have that, like, community aspect. Like, when Unity started up and I was like, shit, like, people are doing this. And, like, I could go and visit and skate with people. And, like, I didn't just show up to the park and not talk to anybody except for, like, the one cis dude who would say hi to me or something. Like, mm-hmm. that just blew my world apart wide open. 
and uh, it still continues. I continue to meet people, and it's so it's so like I don't know. Instagram's the best, <laughs> and it, <laughs> wow. I mean it, it's also like you know owned by Facebook and pretty awful and What's makes me feel really sad all the time. But <laughs> Wait, I thought Facebook was good, but Instagram was bad. Oh, no, are you sponsored? Is this show sponsored by Facebook? Yeah, I shouldn't say anything bad. Um, it's yeah, it's, it's I don't know. It's, it's, it's so sick. It's so sick. Yeah, I kind of yeah. feel like if we like look back on skateboarding history in like 10, 20 years, I feel like we're going to like go back and pinpoint unity as being probably the biggest, most influential because if you like think about all the meetups and things that are happening and your queer skate LA, but there's like queer skate NYC and queer skate every city. Same with like girl skate, there's fro skates, there's, you know, so many different like community organizations. Um, and it's really accessible to just create something now. Like you can just literally create an Instagram account and then all of a sudden you have an excuse to film that person you see at the skate park, meet up with somebody doing something and like just really have to hand it to unity for really making that, uh, showing everyone that that was possible yeah. and that pretty much anybody could do it, not putting themselves on some pedestal, like, and not making this like hyper organized thing. It's literally very casual and or a, very... or a marketing tool. You know, exactly. that's the thing that strikes me as so impressive about all this is that it's not just a tool to sell people things, and that, like these movements are happening organically, and you know, in tandem with with each other. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I really feel like that's like literally what has changed skateboarding. Like we talk now about all this like diversity and inclusion and stuff happening. And like it didn't happen by companies putting token so and so on the team. It literally happened as a grassroots movement of people being like, fuck it. I think there's probably other people out there like me that feel isolated and weird. And I'm just going to make a banner and an Instagram account and just get people together. Mm-hmm. Like that's what's changed skateboarding. Yeah, 100 percent. It's not the cascading effects of the gallows video. <laughs> that video was the, sick. The, the yeah. Girl Skater Influence. is fucking sick. That was a huge influence on me, but I, not exactly cascading. I, <laughs> I need to go back and rewatch. I think Vanessa's in it. Yep, definitely. Who were some inspirations to you growing up? Inspirations? Uh, yeah. Skaters? Skatespirations? <laughs> what the fuck is his name? Jeremy Rogers, because he was goofy. And I'm goofy. Footed or personality? Both. Skating. Just like, and personality, I guess. I don't, I didn't yeah. know any better, you know? I like, love Jeremy Rogers. Like, yeah. PJ, PJ Lad days? PJ Lad days. Yeah. What a good um, video. I mean, goofy. Like, I didn't know too many goofy skaters. Like, I don't know why I knew him. Maybe because there was that like goofy versus regular comp and I watched it once and he was in it and I was like, goofy, I'm just going to latch onto that. Yeah, Chris and I were there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you were there? <laughs> yeah, I said that last time. Yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that's, that's when I was little. And then, like, probably when I, you know, like, I did my, like, trying to be a skate photographer in high school thing. And then I, like, went to college and, like, stopped skating for, like, just a tiny bit. Or I guess I didn't stop, stop skating, but I stopped skate photographing yeah. and, like, trying to be, like, in skateboarding or whatever. And um, then, like, I figured out I I figured out that I was trans. And then I think, like... My biggest influence right then was Marissa Del Santo's Zero part. Oh, that's um, such a good part. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And um, then like Girl Skate Network and all that. Um, just hours of Girl Skate Network. Um, yep. I don't, a little bit of Mafia. I don't know, know what Girl like Skate that. Network is. So, oh, is it used to be the side project originally. It was like a girl skateboarding website. 
and then it turned into Girl Skate Network. And originally, like Lisa was trying to make it. Lisa that runs Meowski Lisa Sports Whitaker. now. Okay. Um, she was trying to make it kind of like a forum, sort of like early social media, kind of like Slap, sort of mm-hmm. slash Facebook, kind of. And like I remember She's making like a an really account. weird racist place. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like uh, the like the worst Not that the internet coalesces around. <laughs> no. Um, uh, no. Yeah. Um, and. No, I never heard of that. It was a site, like you would. Yeah, like, it's still a just, site. Yeah. Yeah. But then it was pr- pretty much all on YouTube. Okay. Yeah, blog cam. Blog cam. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and was it like parts, or was it like like no, what? The like, blog like, cam like, was like uh, just like day like, in the life. Sessions. Yeah. Da- yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I love I love these conversations because they're super illuminating and how Ted and I were just absorbed in our own world and just <laughs> and it, meanwhile this is like a gold mine for you. Yeah. But we just. I knew Jamie Reyes, Jesse Van Rockout, Alyssa Steamer, obviously a few others, but yeah. it's like I'm not. And Marissa came out here, so I think everybody <laughs> in Arizona loves Marissa. Yeah, but everyone in the world. Yeah, yeah I mean, actually. yeah, that I, I always feel kind of dumb. I'm like, wait, there's a whole website that's been going for years, and I'm like, <laughs> probably decades now. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, that's yeah. awesome. So. So that was during college. You were like just fucking like, oh shit! There's like a girl skate network, like and yeah, and the, I have to ask like the most caveman questions here. So you could like message other people, like or like react. Like, At first, she tried in the to make comment it that sections way. or like because the first skate is was just a forum picture and then a comment section. I actually never used the the site. Yeah, like, she tried I just to make saw it blog cam. Yeah, oh, okay. she tried to make it that, but then that didn't end up like working out because Facebook had come about and everyone was linking up their Facebook at that okay, point. Yeah, yeah. So then the website just became like uh, regular blog updates and then there was also like a space on the website you could like look at skaters and community organizations and stuff like that. So okay. like she would interview people so you could see like an interview with like Nugget or Amy Karen or like Vanessa Torres or whoever. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you could kind of learn about who's who, sort of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the yeah, radios no. had titles back then. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that was like late college that you started getting into that? Um, uh, yeah, I guess like I, I dropped out the first couple weeks of junior year. Um, and then like, I don't know, around that time, it was probably a lot of different things I was okay. being influenced by. But like Marissa was the standout like you know, girl skater that I knew of, um, and just like couldn't get enough of. And, um, probably other stuff was like, uh, Far East Skate Network's, uh, overground broadcasting video. That shit was so good. I remember when I found that shit too. And it used to be on YouTube in its entirety for like years. And now it's, it's not anymore. And it's so sad. First time I saw it, I felt like my fucking brain was going to melt. I was like, I don't even know what the fuck I just saw. That was so sick. And then, yeah, just like Jimmy Girl Skate Network early stuff, uh, <laughs> early Leo, um, probably you, honestly, but I just didn't really know you. Um, Don't flatter, Leticia. Ted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I saw your Heath remake. And yeah. <laughs> Fuck Leo uh, wearing all white. I'm into Ted and all white. I saw the work yeah, you'd yeah. done with uh, Fly Out to Back Wall Ride at KTR <laughs> every Tuesday for the last year. Um. What video would that... How would you have seen Kebs? Uh, blog cam. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Had some blog cam appearances, yeah. Yeah. Damn. Um, who, Vanessa who, Torres, Want to see sure. me in short shorts? Who's filming that? Lisa Whitaker Lisa. would film them. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So, like, Lisa filmed Getting Your Faster. Yeah, Along with, like, Alex like... White and some other people. And so I think that's kind of what 
she kind of started user camera for, as okay. well as being the only person documenting like the first couple of years of women's X Games and Maloof and stuff, because straight up nobody would point the camera at the girls. So Lisa would just go and volunteer and film like the entire girls contest. So Damn, shout out Lisa awesome. Whit- Whitaker. As I've said many times before, Lisa Whitaker is the sun in the women's skateboarding universe. Damn. Yeah. Well, that's tight. Uh, we had a site out here. It was just a forum. I spent all day on it. I didn't look at, I looked at skate perception a little bit. I had no idea how to use the slap forums. I still don't. They don't understand the layout. There was skateboardphotography.com too. That was a good one. Oh, I, that Price was Price like, was on that. And I remember he was Kung, Kung Flurry. Oh and yeah. That, yeah. So he would post photos of Maybe, us sometimes on there. I was trying to find out where I, where I saw Sam McGuire first. He might've been on that, but I was talking to him the other day. Anyways, that's like how I, that was like, yeah, I don't know, blog era. Wait, what years would that be that you were like kind of learning about newer skaters? Um, like 20, 2010, 2011. Okay. Yeah. Damn. And then, you know, it's just like snowballed from there. Like, yeah. As I learned more about myself as a girl, like I just started seeing all the girls in skateboarding and yeah, it was sick. Like just such a different space and like super positive and yeah just like kept me alive (laughs) uh to put it lightly uh like oh there are people like me like doing stuff like me like crazy never thought that and then like yeah like you know just like years progressed found more people like and then kept going and then unity came along and kept going and found more people and um sick and like I don't really like contests, but like a lot of the girls, like, you know, I found early on just pretty much skated contests that I knew of. Like, they can be like an excuse to like hang out too. Like, well, it was like really the only opportunity for yeah. them. Yeah. The only time. way anybody like, would care. It was be like X Games and then Maloof for a little bit. Yeah. Like, yeah, you weren't a, a legit skateboard if you're a woman, if you didn't have like a zero part or you were like a contest skater. And yeah. that's it. Yeah. And even if you're a, contest skater you probably still have a full-time job doing something else yeah yeah so yeah not interested in going in a time machine back to 2008 sounds (laughs) really shitty (laughs) thanks obama (laughs) (laughs) i don't know what else should we talk about well i don't know marsha's day in the life was sick marsha's day in the life was sick and (laughs) uh uh, skatism did a really cool thing. I, I don't know anything about the filmmakers or the photographers, but um, you do. Yeah. Would you like to take the <laughs> reins before I start running into a little dead end here? A little cold sack? Um, yeah, hold on. I'm just going to make sure <laughs> I know. A little oververt. <laughs> you your first run at the skate park you think it's a bank but it's stairs yes. <laughs> that's, that's, your... that's my podcasting method <laughs> yeah so marcia is a friend of our community and just an amazing person in general yeah. uh she works at thrasher she does all like the basic like customer service so anytime anybody emails thrasher or even writes in i'm pretty sure she's like the first person to open the mail so if you follow her on instagram you know that um, she's the only person to open the mail yeah so you know that she gets a lot of letters from prisoners and or random evangelicals or parents uh <laughs> complaining about the 
six 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 on the hoodie or something like that like she just gets a funny bunch of funny things um but she's also a full-time student which a lot of people don't know and somehow she has like more time than anyone i know to skateboard so much respect i feel like i really admire her ability to get it in if you will yeah Yeah. um but yeah she was interviewed uh for skatism um about working at thrasher which i thought was really interesting um and there's a little day in the life video um, the interview's done by Emmanuel Barbier, who's at uh, Pushing Borders, the photographer. Anyways, it was great. Yeah, I thought uh, I thought it was as well. Um, I fanned out on Marsha uh, when I went to the office. Um, I just like went in there and I was like, hey, one time I DM'd with you on Instagram. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, like, whatever, normal stuff from like, yeah, the no- nut or something. Normal like, stuff from Ted. Yeah. Normal <laughs> intros yeah. from Ted. Uh yeah, I thought it was super awesome. It was really well done. I think like the the stuff that I'm most excited about, like when I am consuming skate media now, is kind of like the kind of like doc profile stuff that kind of gets into people's like actual like skate practice and like work life balance and stuff like that. Um, right. And <laughs> it's so hard to watch a 20 minute video of just skateboarding, yeah. but it's so easy to watch a video of someone like feeding their dog and <laughs> yeah. talking about how they stretch going out skating. Yeah. Yeah. I honestly love the perspective on life. Yeah. And yeah, like yeah. I don't know, just. Spoiler alert, uh, one of the things that she talks about is how like she feels like a lot of people that skate have sort of feel like they have something to prove where they have to do something in skating. And she's kind of like, yeah. well, skateboarding is just what I do for fun. And yeah, I work at Thrasher. And a lot of people are like envious of me and think that I've quote unquote made it. But she's like, making it for me is going to be being a somebody that is an educator. Like, yeah, like and a principal wants, or superintendent yeah. or like somebody who like has like exactly. influence in this thing that like really shaped her, yeah. Yeah, and I think, yeah, it's just really interesting and really awesome to hear that from somebody because I think often the narrative that we're all told since we're kids is like to go pro or something like that, you yeah, know? Yeah. It's just really cool to see someone that's ripping and just doing it for fun. And, uh, yeah, I and I mean, one of the things about it is that like she talks in an interview about, you know, it's there are a lot of crusty boys that work there. Um, and one of them works from his bedroom all day now. Um, but is that you? Her, yeah. Uh, <laughs> her influence there, um, she like is, you know, she is in the ear of the people who make the decisions and stuff. And um, yeah, it's been awesome to, to see that, like, you know, she's been a resource for them to kind of tap into or to tap out of their kind of like normal view of looking at skating rather than just like looking for more, um, you know, hefty handrail rippers or whatever they can, they, uh, they go to Marsha and they're like, Hey, who's killing it right now on Instagram or, or like, who's, you know, who should we pay attention to? And, and, you know, like that's, um, part of the way they've kind of brought in their horizons. And so I think she has done like a really fucking cool thing just by being there and offering like her voice and shit. Cause they, uh, they listen. Uh, uh, we had a joke earlier that the only reason I have a Thrasher hoodie on now is because Marsha gave, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I yeah. wouldn't have bought one, but I appreciate it. I would. It. I bought two retail. <laughs> I, they're, so, they're such high quality. <laughs> yeah, for the longest time. But I love wearing it. Like, maybe before Marsha worked there and Thrasher made some off-color comments about trans people and... I think not out of like maliciousness, but more out of just not knowing just how offensive and, yeah. and ignorant it was. And um, oh yeah, they've made so much yeah. offensive yeah. shit. Or, yeah, yeah. It, and I do appreciate the growing and evolving. Like, definitely, it's important to not judge people for their mistakes, but judge people for how they evolve and grow. And 
I think like for a long time there's just sort of a running joke in like women's community like where we would just always use thrasher sort of as the butt of the joke be like yeah. oh yeah like thrasher. that's just because <laughs> it's the dominant narrative yeah exactly yeah. And, and it was and the it, just, it, it it represented like the broiest of the bro yeah, skateboarding yeah. and like it's cool to see that change and evolve and see myself more in what mainstream skateboarding is yep. uh-huh. for better or for worse it it does feel a lot better and it's, oh, and also like yeah. change the definition of what is pushing boundaries and you know what is radical or extreme you know like i think that that is something that a lot of different media companies are looking at which is cool yeah yeah like we should uh, welcome that yeah like um you know milton's ripper like super sick but he's like what people think what thrash what like course whatever stupid word skaters like think of as like skater of the year you know but i have like 10 people on my in my head that could have been on that list that should have been on that list because they're doing like community organizing or whatever, you know? And it's like, that is that not skater of the year. It's just like who jumps down the biggest stuff. Like, you know, no knocks against Milton, but like, just like that whole mentality is like, yeah. Also, I'm just worried that we're going to kill somebody in that process. Yeah. (laughs) Like watching some of Milton's slams. I'm like, maybe we need to tone this down a little bit. Down a little bit. Let's (laughs) reassess the criteria, Uh, you know? It's fun to see like the, like, you know, Thrasher evolve as an org too, because like two years ago at WAF, our team name was Thrasher Sucks and it was all trans (laughs) girls. Mm -hmm. It's been cool to see them like try at least. And yeah. Yeah. As I've said before, Thrasher's woke now, no questions. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, Marsha. Sean Spicer. <laughs> Marsha's been our such in. Uh, No, yeah. And I I don't know. I just think, I mean, she also like shouts out CSEF in it. And she talks about like just kind of just being, I mean, you know, the, the sort of core of the piece is, is just about like, you know, a, a day in life, at, you know, working at Thrasher or something. But it, but what emerges is the most interesting thing about it is not that, you know, she has a job at kind of a, you know, what is sometimes like a mysterious organization or office space. But um, when, it, when she gets into her practice just as an adult about like how sick it is to be in the Bay and to know that she has like six friends every weekend that she can like hit up and she'll just, she'll always have a session every weekend. Um, that kind of shit is like, super inspiring because that's kind of the stuff that uh when i do get super stressed out or you know any any type of adult thing has shooken me for whatever reason that kind of aspect of my life has been most um most appreciated and it was like i don't know she just she just speaks so well and and like kind of is just an inspiration for any adult trying to yeah uh work 40 hours a week and still like skate be social be, be a full-time funny, student be, yeah um i don't want to be a full-time student again but yeah Post uh, super but, hot yeah. selfies she's honestly the hottest person in skateboarding um i think she's the hottest person i don't know who else would i i would go with that yeah, yeah. i don't yeah. know that picture of her with manny santiago i'd say manny's got it going <laughs> i mean that guy <sighs> As a as a fellow guy with a missing tooth, um, that's just kind of my stee now. Um, but yeah, I thought it was awesome. Ted, will you teach me how to air? Yeah. What tips do you have? <laughs> um, I Go back it. to before you learned them, and like, what what did it look like before you could do it? Like, uh, where do you start? That's I wait, do not understand. Fur ramp. First off, 
Can you teach us how to air off a loading dock? Because a lot of people in this group didn't do an air off you a loading do dock. It. I'll have it done tomorrow. Take me to a loading dock. <laughs> Before um, your flight. Yeah. No, oh, honestly. The one on Cactus that has the two levels with the bump to gap over it that okay. uh, Farini kicked the blade shoved. Yeah. Okay. The people know. And uh, <laughs> you guys want to talk airs? Um, I just want to know what it, it's so mysterious to me because I just, I swear to God, there's been so many people in Seattle that all of a sudden are just like Jesse Lindloff, like can just like blast. And I'm like, where did that, when did that happen? Like, I always thought it was flyouts. Like the kids learned how to fly out and then they figured out how to fly out of the same quarter pipe and come back in. Everybody, that's, that's uh, Brad's theory of airness. Uh, my friend Brad says, Everybody who's good at airs was good at flyouts. Um, and not me. I only go back into the ramp. No. Uh, we had a park that has, <clears throat> uh, it's got a 10 stair and a 12 stair and massive banks that go along the side of it. And then massive quarter pipes of the same height, six, seven feet almost by the 12 stair. And so you use the bank next to the 10 or the 12 stair to shoot out of the quarter pipe right in front of it. And I mean, it's just like, they're humongous flyouts that would go out of that thing, like two barrels high. Um, and, uh, but coming from that kind of thing, everybody could do flyouts. I was like briefly a flyout kid when I was younger. And then uh, my friend Nathan with the piano keys tattooed on his arm, the people know. And uh, I just, I saw him go back into the quarter pipe one time and I was like, no, those are launch ramps. How in the fuck did you do that? Like vert style. And the one thing he said to me is because our quarter pipes don't have vert. They're literally huge launch ramps that just have coping on the top. Mm. Um, he said, when I get to the top, I ollie and I push myself away from the quarter pipe. That's what you have to do if there's no vert. So you, when you get to the top, you ollie and you push yourself towards the flat a little bit depending on how mellow it is. If it's really mellow, you have to do it a lot. If it's not, like if it almost goes vert, you only have to do it a little bit. Okay. But then if you have vert, and I'm not really good at doing like big airs on vert, I can do little I'd settle for something small. Um, you can do one of two things. You can start low. You can ollie low. You have to ollie? If, no, if you don't want to click. But uh, I like, a lot of times I like on backside airs, I ollie lower before the coping because if you ollie if you get close to the coping then it'll push you towards the flat and you'll literally die uh jake brown yeah so I'm not trying to jake so brown. so um current cables used to skate vert like this but he learned how to clip them um or brent skates vert like that he ollies before the vert um and if you just give brent yourself actually yeah if you just give yourself a little bit of a push i just don't th i'm not really an ollie i'm not good at ollieing can we so the other thing is how do you if, do it if you want to do it if you want to do it without ollieing a shot is the best advice for this you have to go fast enough like or you can early grab the, but it's like if you want to like if you just want to click off the coping and and go back in you just have where to. where are we clicking can we go back to that your tail okay so it. it just like when you when you get to the top your board clears the <laughs> coping is a hardy and it just yeah and your back foot all you're doing is you're just you're just like I, like as if you're on a trampoline or something you're just projecting your body over over your shoulder so it's like you're not ollieing or you're not doing a lot with your back foot you're not doing like a lot of that you're just like literally pushing yourself over that way um and then when you grab it, you just push your foot on the coping for a fun little 
touch. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, and then backside is like really hard, but it's like the people who get really good at that are people who know how to knee slide, and then I don't know how to do that. Okay, but like what did, before you're ready to like bonk or click or whatever, yeah. like what did the air look like? It was, just... it was a frontside ollie. I, I would just start super low and like. And you like... just frontside ollied it. And then you just somehow learned how to grab it. Yeah, I mean, they were stink bugs. Yeah, I would do like, but yeah, frontside ollies with like a stink bug frontside grab. And I would just kind of, you kind of automatically do a 180 that way. And so yeah. I would just do it like that. And, and yeah, you just get closer and closer to the coping over time. Okay. And, but I have a weird one because my park didn't have any vertical transition. It was all launch ramps. Um, Got it. So I know how to do that. Cool. Because I'm. Because you're on, being a little uh, vert skater. Yeah, I'm embarking on the only type of skating more ba- boring than manual pads, that, which is vert. Oh, vert skating <laughs> is so sick. I like nine foot vert ramp that's just eighty feet wide is just such a dream. Also, five foot mini ramp that's just a thousand feet wide is my dream. But come to Vans Orange before it closes. Is there a big it's wide? It's closing. No. It's closing. Why? Apparently. I it's free. That's great. I think that's amazing that Vans is making these free indoor parks um, out of Vans. Yeah, all the indoor parks popping up everywhere. So fucking cool. Yeah. Build yeah, this one CITF in Phoenix. is my favorite. That's like, that's like my local. Shout out to my local. What is it? CITF. That's like uh, where like Clay Kreiner and uh, the rest of the Rockstar team train for the Olympics. It's like my local spot. Um, it's like where like the most charismatic, inspiring skateboarding happens. Okay, um, Nicole House actually has a really sick uh, oh, air tutorial yeah. at CATF. Really? Yeah. With Andy Anderson, and she explains it in a, like excruciating detail. She has but way better airs than me. You should definitely listen she did, to that. She did, but the, not excruciating in a bad way. Like really good. Yeah. Like yeah. just schools Andy Anderson on this. Like just oh, yeah, so goes. good. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I feel like all the other tutorial videos I've watched, it's like yeah, and you just grab okay, and then. Boom. It's like, okay. I, count me as a person who's never watched a tutorial video ever <laughs> in my life. About skating or about like Photoshop skate. design? No, or about Must skating. be nice, Ryan. No, I, I can't. You didn't watch the Stefan Janowski like, three foot fakey on a fucking three foot quarter pipe. <laughs> I just go, oh, I don't know how to do that. I'm not like, going to There's not a nolly here. I don't. Yeah. Just not really under- <laughs> understanding how I'm getting in here. Yeah. Um, I could teach you to pivot fakey in off the five seconds. Uh, you say that, but Tim Ward is the best pivot faker ever, and he can't I, even teach me. I am a really good teacher. All right, I'll see you tomorrow. Okay. All right. On that note, should we burn it down? Funeral pyre. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm down. All right. Who's going first? Red Bull hat. <laughs> Red Bull hat. Oh, that's My such Red an Bull easy hat? one. I mean, I understand. What if I just bought one because I'm a fan? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what to yeah. do with you. But that's normal. I think you actually, can't buy them. I think you have I just, to be I, on. I actually I, threw a poll on Twitter about this, which was how much to wear the hat. Yeah. What was the results? I, I mean, Absurdly uh, cheap. People no, were like 50 bucks. No, 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 no. <laughs> a lot of people were like over $3,000 a month. And I'm just thinking, you're, you're lying. Health insurance. Yeah. I mean, I'm just saying, I understand it. I understand why people do it. I just, it's so ubiquitous assaulting now. assaulting it is everywhere and it's all types of hats now they all suck you can you can i know for a fact you can send them like your preferred yeah your preferred yeah. hat and they'll barney page told it. me that yeah. you can send them your own hat and i just can't wait yeah. for it to be done like i just can't wait i would take build beanie 
over <laughs> dude, Red Bull hat dude, right now. Beanie cap <laughs> is fucking tired. Now, Red Bull, don't get any I, ideas. I have filled beanie footage out there. I do, too, uh-huh. actually. Uh, Vanessa Torres rocked a Bill beanie. Or the, or the Fidel hat, like the military <laughs> hat. Oh. Fidel hat's actually bon, sick. Von Zipper made like a whole slew of those yeah. kinds of hats that were I just terrible. I had an Interpol military hat, which is like the most like <laughs> fucking 2004 <laughs> shit ever. I had an Interpol shirt in 2004. Yes. Someone was like, did you see him in concert? And I was like, no. And they called me a poser and skated off. It was sick. Because... <laughs> because you didn't spend 40 bucks like me and Ryan Lay uh, in the Life <laughs> Journal era. Uh, oh my God. Do you, okay, do you I know? Had, I had a third eye blind hat too while we're on the subject. That's I mean, that's actually just sick as fuck. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, there's been awful hats in skateboarding, but yeah. I just like can't wait for it to be over. Everyone is wearing one. It's like not even marketing anymore. It's like just annoying. There's, I think what it speaks to more is just that when, when certain types of marketing are oversaturated, like you need to let your team riders dictate their own terms and if they've got to sell your brand, let them sell your brand the way that feels yeah. comfortable for it, them. Yeah. It feels especially contractual. Oh, yeah. Like, like they're, they're a hostage. Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> a hostage situation. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, Is it like glued on? Like yeah. I don't know. But sometimes there are just these skaters that are just like, they're kind of just in that bro vein where you're like, I think you like this. No, like, yeah. There's so, like there's some I think Ryan that... DiCenzo just strikes me as the type of dude who's like, oh, fucking kick-ass gray beanie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, They're like, we see you wear the hat. We're going to offer you a contract based on that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, like, I mean, I know for a fact Jocelyn would wear Rockstar shirts just like, just for funsies. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm just like, can we settle for a sticker? Like, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I mean... It really is just very distracting from skating because it's like the only time you see it is when you're watching skating, yeah. which you're usually not trying to like be obliterated with, you know, yeah, product placement or whatever. Um, and uh, frankly, I'm a fan of the Stone Cold method. If you're advertising drinks, you got to bash the two over your head when you're at the corner of the ring. No, Ted, what do you got? Jason Dill. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Uh... No, um, I I don't even really know how to describe it, but it is the like '90s overly epic view of skateboarding's weirdness. Like, so I went to that artist talk with Jason Dill, and just like, dude, I'm telling you, like, this is at ASU. Yeah, um, yeah, he came to the, like the um, maybe like the fashion business program or fashion design program, like they invited him just to talk about his life as an artist and how he came to be, you know, influential in his spheres and stuff. Um, and he kind of like split the difference between dead poet society and a Ted talk. (laughs) And, uh, it was fine. I supposed, uh, until there was that weird, awkward fight about that kid asking him why he left alien. And then him being like, you know, uh, let's not and the kid was like no please and then he was like get out and the kid was like no and it was weird um i i i don't know this and i think um maybe i'll ask one of the one of our resident 40 year olds in the future but there's like this thing that's just like hey man uh can you can you just like do this kind of regular institutionalized thing but about your like kind of like countercultural roots or something and it just always comes off weird it always happened with photographers when i was in school it always like happens with i don't know just like kind of beautiful losers ish style artists where they're just like 
yeah, man, it was fucking gritty. It was fucking dirty. Like, I'm not like, I'm not like these stuffy professors, but like, I can tell you the realest shit that happens and like how to like react to fucking the, uh, spontaneity of life and just fucking be like be in the fucking moment with your truth um i just i find um i've found a lot of pro skater rhetoric from the 90s ish um and even just i don't know pro skaters when they go into like other avenues to talk about their uh life in skating it happened a lot on epically latered uh it just always kind of didn't strike me well I was going to say, you almost want them to be like, oh, you know, I, I thought skateboarding was interesting. And so I got really fucking good at it, just like you do with any other sport. And then I realized <laughs> that this is a way better way to make money than yeah. working a job. <laughs> yeah. there. I mean, there's this, I mean, you know, this is a whole nother thing, but um, there's this tendency of pros with multifaceted careers to not understand how big of a role skateboarding plays in their story and why people like them. Like mm-hmm. they tend to think like, yeah, like, I mean, I don't know Muska, but Muska was like this for a little bit where he was just like, yeah, I'm a skater, but I'm also a record producer, a beat maker, a rapper, a gr- I'm an artist. And you're I'm like, I'm a poet. I'm a poet. <laughs> and you're like, you're like, yeah, you can be all those things. I'm fine with you claiming them. But in your head, I think you have created an image of yourself where you're like also good at those things. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, whatever subjectivity I don't care. Um, That's not unique to skating, though. That's a thing that often really successful people do with yeah, every and, industry. Yeah, and they and they and they really seem to underplay how how sick and how big of a factor their sick ass skating is. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, yeah, Dill's a sick ass skater. One of my one of my, I think my third video, fourth video is photo, and mm-hmm. I just was like. I mean, other than like fucking Josh Kalis, because I don't know, for no reason, I just love Josh Kalis. I was like, dude, fucking Sideshow Bob with the fakie front shove is like the sickest shit I've ever seen. <laughs> like, I fucking like this. Fakie and, shove the trash can. Yeah. And, uh, oh, I think this is the second time I've done shit on Jason <laughs> Dill, I guess. Uh, no, I just, you know, um, he, I really wish part of the talk was like, Hey guys, just so you know, like I rode for Black Label and like 101 or something, and it was pretty cool. But then I did like the fakie flip at a skate park hip in a street video and like just like broke shit down. And I like, I hopped off my board midline and it like broke all the rules. And then people just kind of like gravitated to me because I'm like very good socially or something. But no, none of that. It was just like, I don't know. I take these photos, I make these clothes. People like my store. Anything is possible. You could be me. I'm a college dropout talking to a college. How crazy is that? It's not. That it's funny because what you're describing is what you get from the Nine Club, which is like a very straightforward narrative of their skate history. Yeah, and but if you were doing a talk about their other life outside of that, like, hey, how'd you get like the edge, or how did you get, yeah, like yeah. The, your your foothold in this counterculture? You know, um, I think Templeton's pretty good at it. That's yeah. About it. Long-winded pyre from Ted. I don't ever do that. <laughs> Corey, you want to go? Capitalism. Yeah, <laughs> whole fucking thing. You want to yeah. unpack that? Um, I'm actually going to go to a different one. Uh, like new kids at a skate park and like older kids or, you know, like I guess I think about myself as a kid, but 
Oh, I know you're going to say like the new kids are super fucking annoying at the skate park and they're like in your way when you're trying to get up the Euro gap. Yeah, and you like t- you told them once, like you yeah. told them like, dude, I'm skating this. Yeah, yeah. I'm skating this. Yeah. Um, no, I I just, I've seen it so much lately and it's really annoying me and making, well, not annoying me, making me re- feel really sad that some people like look at people who don't go to skate parks literally every day like a lot of us do. Um, and like, look at the new kids who are in the way of things, of their line, of their obstacle. Yeah. And they're like fucking, you know, yelling at the kid or like whatever, or like, mm-hmm. like it just sucks. Like, sh- mm-hmm. like shut up, like yeah. go around them, figure it out, wait, about, wait it out, or just go up to the kid and be like, Hey, I'm trying to skate this here. Could you like move over for a second? Or like, I see you're hey, trying to learn this. Like you want hey, any what's up, tips? Bud? I'm trying to go beast mode on the nine stair rail. <laughs> <laughs> oh my um, God. It's just like, stop. Like, who are you? Let me ask you a question about these types of scenarios. So there's usually like a fast going macho skater, uh, who's like quite seasoned and very obviously well respected amongst the peer group. And is this a new kid who's obviously in the way and causing all sorts of problems, maybe riding a scooter? Because then it's fair game, obviously, right? Oh, obviously, obviously. <laughs> no, I, I, I fucking no, yeah. hate scooter hate. It's so uh, stupid. Yeah, that is uh, uh, quite obnoxious. I um, also, a lot of people are like, like blaming the parents for not teaching the kid about proper skate park etiquette. It's like the parents don't yeah. know anything. Yeah. The and parents like, just drop their kid off at the skate like park. Rule list yeah, like, literally like, like it's skateboarding. Like, like, like yeah. talk to the kid, like bring him in your circle, bring them in your circle and be like, Hey, like, yeah, you're killing it. Like, can you just move over for a sec so I could hit this line? Or like, yeah. do you want me yeah, to like, that's the thing I is like, know. there needs to be a space for high intensity skating. And when you kind of have, like I, I was thinking about how with pools, mm-hmm. community swimming pools, they have like a kiddie Drain pool pools. and like a, adult a swim. yeah, and there's adult swim. Yeah, <laughs> you and I have like that. A, what? A Mesa Park. Yeah, I guess you're right. They did. It's have literally that. fenced off in another area where yeah. there's the little flat bar and the little miniature launcher bowl. For me. Yeah. Yes. It was. <laughs> that was fun, huh? Yeah, I didn't even think of that. Yeah. Um, it's because it was a square bar, and you've like you've just like blocked all that out of your memory. Um, <laughs> yeah, you're right. Uh, I like that though, that idea, Cora. Though that's just like, hey, have a little conversation with the kid. Like, you know, this is the runway to the bump to bar. A lot of people skate this. That's a really good area over there to go skate. Yeah, um, like, cause yeah, like I don't know, like kids like know what you're talking about when you talk to them, like a person. Like, yeah. you know, maybe they don't have the full vocabulary or something, but you could literally just be like, hey, I'm like trying to run here, like blah 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 like they're part of your community like bring them in yeah yeah don't just I've, like abuse them out yeah like yeah. i back that i've heard a lot with scooter kids too because like they skew a bit younger as like i don't know just anecdotally that's what i think yeah it's like a newer thing yeah. in, te- in general that's why so they we, don't know skate park etiquette <laughs> well that's what i've heard Gosh. a lot and it's like okay well like first of all we don't need to yell at people but also like maybe have a little bit more of understanding that like those kids are skewing a little bit younger and a, a scooter like uses the park a lot differently yeah um like they go faster and there's a lower barrier for entry in terms yeah. of like it's a lot harder to go down a bank on a skateboard than it is yeah. on a scooter right yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. like just like kind of keeping those factors in mind Knowing that they're ultimately going to use the skate park differently. Yeah. Yeah. And that, like, public money went into the facility. So, yeah. The public, heaven forbid, the public uses it. Yeah. And just, you know, people being outside 
doing cool things with their body is just awesome. Yeah. Doesn't matter yeah. what you're doing, but just yeah. like Except getting parkour, exercise. That fucking sucks. <laughs> right. More right, parkour skate right. tricks, please. <laughs> um, I that's actually serious, not facetious. I'm down for it. Will Blady, I need. Is I mean, I just I like barrel jumps. Isn't barrel jump here? is a kick-ass, huh? Isn't isn't he skate ninja or something like that? Is Who? he from here? The person skate? that did like a flip and landed on a board. William Spencer. Oh yeah, he's Colorado, from Colorado. Oh, Colorado. Oh yeah. Oh that that kind of stuff's cool too. But I mean like uh like you have your boards somewhere else and you like do a line parkour style and then you do a skate trick or something. Ooh. Oh that's crazy. Uh, I've never seen that. Like yeah, did, yeah, Will Blady that did that. done a bunch of cool shit like My friend that, yeah. Chandler did that Will at Embarcadero, like, like had to run flip. all the way up the the like stairs and like jumped on their board and Oh yeah. Did a trick off and I skated three up three down like that one time. I was having a hard time ollieing up it. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's gnarly. I just wanted to, I just wanted to catch like a touristy kickflip on the three, and I was like, I'm not gonna ollie it. Like, <laughs> like I think I clipped on my first ollie. I was like, I'm just gonna start up here, <laughs> run up. Um, your pyre. What up, dude? Oh, uh, yeah. I I had a uh, one that is very near and dear to my heart because I've been involved with a lot of companies that this has happened to, but, uh, private equity vultures, the kinds of guys that, and it's most often guys that, uh, take a brand and they buy it as an investment and they just liquidate everything and destroy (laughs) every life that has ever been involved in the, in the brand. And, um, I and that's not as strong as ever. <laughs> yeah. And then they just, <laughs> they just sell it out to Ross ultimately. Yep. And, and, uh, often just like destroy a bunch of people's jobs in the process. And it just feels like they're just looking for brands on their li- last life and just trying to pump them with a defibrillator or something like yeah. that. Uh, think about the vulture though. Like they're going to make some money. So that's cool. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's fine. I mean, sometimes they've been out it, but yeah, it kind of sucks too because usually it's like some emaciated, like you know, cohort of like you know, independent business owners who started it who are just like fucking just beat down from years of doing it. And after like you know, sales mm-hmm. go one way, it's like, like fuck. I guess yeah, we'll just sell to like this fucking guy, or I'll get this business partner, or I'll and get the, yeah. Money. It's like no, like just. No. <laughs> and for the team riders who are like, oh, you're starting to back up. You're starting circa back up again. Yeah, I'll do it. 500 bucks a month. Okay. You know, and it's yeah, just yeah. fucking heartbreaking. And also like the narrative of these companies is kind of like, it's kind of romantic if they just kind of die yeah. rather than, oh yeah, is fucking the fourth generation of that shoe brand still around? Okay. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It's like the saddest, most deformed version of it. Yeah. Uh, and it's just like, dude, just let circa yeah. die with you know whatever it died with and i'm not targeting them it's it's gonna happen eventually to probably ever every brand yeah so that's yeah. just the way that it goes that's the i mean that's just like the earliest criticism of all like sort of big business involvement which is just like they're not in it to sustain lifestyles of skateboarders it's just like it's just not what they do and you can't expect them to do this other thing and it always happens that they expect them to do this other thing they're like no these guys are super sick they actually snowboard and so like they kind of get skaters and then the guys like come in and they're like okay uh yeah you're fired you're fired why is he on the team um 
You, you guys are all fired. Um, there's like a kid I saw on Instagram. He's on. Okay. And you're like, what? Okay. And they just tried to ride the, like the box logo out for another like five years. Yeah. I think there's something like going back to your, like there's something romantic about a company dying. Like I think just <laughs> yeah. in the same way that like our amount of time, I've been thinking about this a lot lately because lately because it's my birthday um, and I'm getting Did older. Um, <laughs> no, not you about dying. No. <laughs> Sorry, I phrased that really wrong, but thanks for checking in. Um, <laughs> I'm actually feeling really good today. Kristen's got a lot of really good qualities. What if we just like compartmentalize them and just sold them off to different people? <laughs> um, I've just been thinking about the amount of time that I'll have to skateboard, and that's yeah. been really motivating in the last year. I feel like I've learned a lot, and for me at least, that feels really good. That's what skateboarding means to me is pushing myself to do things I didn't think were possible. Um, and I've been thinking about how finite the amount of time in my life is that I can skate. I mean, Tony Hawk is like 50 ish and you know, he's still killing it or whatever. So I think I'll probably have until maybe I'm 50 to feel good on my skateboard. And so I've been thinking about that time being finite and how that is kind of romantic in a way. And I think, um, kind of that's similar to skateboarding companies. Like I think it is kind of, that's one thing that's really cool about skateboarding. I think that's unique to our culture is that there's been a lot of boom and bust and a lot of small companies and they had a really big impact and an influence. And then all, all of a sudden everybody wanted to be Tom Penny. All of a sudden everybody wanted to be this skater or that skater. Like, I think that is actually really fucking cool and should be more embraced and more excited. Like success in skateboarding isn't like being this long running company that's lasted forever. It's just going to, you know what I mean? That's not necessarily yeah. successful. Like yeah. success could be like coming in and having a really sick impact and then being done when it's done and putting it to bed and just mm-hmm. moving on. Yeah. Yeah. It keeps it exciting too, because you don't know like literally what is going to be the, the thing that is setting the new trend in three years. Like you couldn't even fathom. Right we have now. no idea. Yeah. yeah. I mean, my favorite world industries is like 2015. That's like the <laughs> sickest shit ever. <laughs> I don't know. I oh just, my god! Remember when they did it to Blueprint too? That they was did fucking do it to heartbreaking. Blueprint. It's like especially heartbreaking when they do it to like really amazing brands. Yeah. It. Uh, I mean, I don't know if iPath was like amazing or whatever, but F- it did, fuck. It, come on. It had, iPath promo era. IPath. iPath promo. It was amazing. I bought yeah. iPath when iPath I mean, was a thing. But I thought it was sick. When I rode for it, it was already private equity guys that were. That's that what I mean. It. I think. Yeah. Only unfortunately, maybe they are the reason that it went from. That I mean, it got sold of... a few different times. Okay, it, yeah, it got yeah. bought by Timberland, and then Timberland sold it to some guys who made money licensing the New Balance logo to make flip flops. Those were the guys <laughs> who ended up uh, destroying it once <sighs> and for all. Damn. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. fucking amazing. How'd they skate? <laughs> <laughs> Do they have a bottle opener on the bottom? All right, trick challenge. Uh, Cora, you go. Yeah, Cora. What's a trick uh, you've been wanting to learn? A trick I want to learn. Ollie North manual front shove out. Holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> okay. You did the pro challenge first. All so right. let's do Ollie North manual. Let's start with Ollie North manual. Kristen. I'm I'm like close to Ollie North manual. Okay. And I'm also close to manual front shove out. All right. But I've not. I'm down to well, let's do, let's do, let's do Ollie North Manual as the challenge, uh, just because we often get complaints that the trick challenges are too hard, and then s- for some reason, no one wants to find a local loading dock and Ollie <laughs> off of it. <laughs> um, Ollie North have been fun to learn. Dude. How do you do it? I don't know. It's like Ollie it's North? like you're heel flipping, but you're going straight. That's like what I've found. That's when exactly I fuck it up, right. I like heel flip. Yeah, there are south. There are two methods. There's a kick. There's there's a push down and then there's a kick out. 
like Antoine does the push down, you know, like yeah. his foot doesn't extend out Jason Lee style. It like he pushes his foot down and then he lifts it straight up. Like it's like a vertical thing versus like a horizontal thing. Um, but uh, <laughs> you can just start with your front foot super high up on your board and it usually kind of works out. Yeah. Yeah, the only thing you just really have to do is is lift really like if you don't already lift your back leg Like I'm pretty bad at that like most of the time unless I'm thinking about it Then like your your ankle is gonna go right into the front of your board Yeah, it's, you're it's not awesome. getting it out of the way. Yeah, that's been my main problem With ollie north or ollie north manuals ollie north one time in 2005 ryan lay uh, one foot uh, to back lift the hubba at the wedge. And uh, <laughs> I think Miyagi shot a photo of it, and it was uh, Arizona lore for a long time. Wow. Because I think you didn't film it, no? Or did you? No, I don't think I did film yeah. it. Yeah, and so it was like it was like this crazy one foot, and you're about to back lip, and people were like, duty one foot back lip, and people are like, no, it was just a photo. You didn't land it. Once upon a time, Lizard King and I had the same trick selection. <laughs> <laughs> what a Jonah Hill move. All right, um, on that note, let's uh, let's call it. All right, nice work, everybody. Goodbye. Thank all you right. for joining us. Oh, Bye-bye. Love you all. All right, love you. Credits music in this episode is by Alana Brine. You can find more of her stuff at alana.brine on Instagram. That's B-R-Y-N-E or naivetracks.bandcamp.com. Our logo and graphic design, as always, by Michael Warfel. You can find more of his things and doings online uh, or, at, or at Instagram or on Instagram. On Instagram. At Warfel. Sean Doyle shot across the park and flew. Lucy expected some dramatic ride away, and Luke Whitford said to make. Actually, I am not going to do this. I'm going to go skate. I will. Love you too. This is Ted Schmidt, and we are going to record the Vent City Pro Flow Credits, episode 17. And we'll try to do some tricks on the way to the store for the people out there who are super generous. First off, we got Betsy Gordon getting a kickflip. Oh shit, fucked that up pretty bad. Hey, yo, man. All right, sorry, Betsy. I gotta keep it. Gotta keep it moving. Here we go. Uh, let's see. 
Who do we got? Brian Higgins, rebate on the kickflip. Oh, I fucked that up. All right. Goddamn. It's hard to skate for you guys. It's easier, it's easier to talk. Cameron Jim, I'm gonna hop the train tracks for you. All right. That was easy, but that was, that was basically just riding. Oh shit, we got the go ahead. Cunningham, you get an no comply. I did it. Hey, Energy Skate Crew, you get a slappy. That worked. We got some pedestrians. James Martin, backside shove. Nice. Thank you for that and for your generosity. All right, I'm in my favorite garage in Tempe, Arizona. We're gonna do front shove for Kristen Lukey. Totally appreciate all you've done for the show. There we go, a little front shove. You can totally tell, this totally translates to audio. Lars Garvey, Lang Peterson, I'm counting on you. Give me the strength to do a kickflip. Thank you. Sorry, Betsy and Brian. The light's way better in here though. All right. Lucy, you don't have a last name on Patreon. And I don't know if that's to stay anonymous, be respectful, or because you just forgot to fill out the field. But I respect the hell out of you, and I'm super thankful, so much so, that I'm gonna front side lip slide a curb. It's double-sided, so we'll see how it works. Ah! Oh. You don't know, but that's one of my favorite things to do and you have almost no idea of the visual. Maybe I'll make a video. All right, ooh, security guard. It's okay. We're recording the, we're doing the credits. Here we go. I'm, sorry, I have my headphones in. No skateboarding in the garage, huh? Oh, I'm so sorry. All right, I'll take it outside. Luke Whitford, you got me kicked out, dude. That was fucking weak. Hit the East Coast, break grounds, Luke Whitford. Let's get a manual across the pad. Nailed it. Even if I just started writing, I would have said nailed it though. Alright. Neil Shoemaker. I already did a kickflip. I'm running out of fucking moves here. We're on break ground. Oh, we're gonna. Back 180 flat gap for Oh! I actually did front side 180. I got really nervous. Neil Shoemaker, thank you. Sean, same thing as Lucy. Did you forget your last name? Are you trying to stay mellow? I don't know. But it's all good because I'm going to get a move for you on my way to the store. I'm actually taking a really long way to the store because I would have already been there by now. All right, here we go. Heel flip for Sean. Fucked it up, Sean. Sorry, I'll get a rebate just for you. Oh, that fucking sucked. God damn it, Sean. You just help me out a little bit, dude. Alright, one more. Oh, I did it. 
Thank you, Sean. Oh, we got a bunch of people on the sidewalk. We're going into the road. What do we got? Oh, Sean Doyle. I'm embarrassed because I know you can do all of these moves first Totino Pizza. First try, but it's all good. I'm gonna pass the store for Sean Doyle. Sean Doyle, I'm gonna give you an Ollie Eel because you've been so cool. Oh, I fucked it up, Sean. Making a bunch of noise here. Alright, Sean Doyle, give me the strength of an Ollie Eel on top of your kind patronage. Ah, oh, fuck. You hear that guy? He revved his engine right when I tried to pop an Ollie Eel. That's fucked up. We got it one more time. Aha! All right. Sean Hanavan, you're a rad dude. You're doing a high quality job educating the youths of Arizona. And I'm gonna grind a ledge for you. Oh. It was kind of a stall, but for the sake of audio, 30 foot grind. Nailed it. Still, for the record, I'm still grinding. Oh shit, there's a really sick manual pad, so. Stone Friesen, one of the newest on ProFlow. We're gonna nose manual this little curb. Pop! Thank you, Stone, for giving me the strength and the power. It's a really dinky nose manual. Fuck. All right, I am absolutely exhausted. We got two more and I'm on the back side of the store now. All right, Terrence, still in Rooney. Oh man, I love you. And I've probably talked about men's volleyball with you more than I ever will so far in our friendship. The amount of time we've discussed men's volleyball will outlast or, or have a greater timestamp than I will with all of the people I'll talk about it for for the rest of my life. And I appreciate that. And you also uh, helped the show going, which is greatly appreciated. I'm looking at pretty, a pretty wild child of a spot here. Um, I guess I'll try to grind a rail up against a wall. It's at a post office. It's actually, for my time working with the Postal Service, uh, a pretty serious offense. So let's get it and let's get out. Oh, fuck. God damn it. That was absolutely terrifying. Come on. All right. Terrence, I'm gonna give it one more try, but I really don't see it working out. I don't think it's gonna work out for us. Oh, fuck. All right. Yeah, that's no good. That thing just flips over. I don't know how to, I don't know how to grind rails. So instead, I'm gonna back blunt a curb. Fuck that up too. Come on. God, this ground sucks so bad. But we're gonna do something. Ooh, there's some smooth ground. Here we go. Backside big spin. Oh, I did it. I didn't tic-tac. Ignore that sound. It was 
I was going 100 miles an hour. Oh, fuck. William Rickman. You're always last. Because your name starts with a W. And quite frankly, that's fine. I always feel accomplished. I always feel good when I made it to you. And you know what? I just like your style, dude. So, let's, uh... Should I just do a Wally? That sounds kind of lame though, huh? All right, I'm gonna switch flip off this curb into the road. No, I lied, I'm gonna switch heel because it's gonna take me too long to switch flip. Oh, okay. Thank you, William. That was much needed power. You guys are always so sick. Every month you've been helping us stay and uh, at least maintain, do a little bit of growth. It's pretty fucking sick. So, thank you. I'm gonna go into the store. We just went to Shady Park.